My name is Shaq, and when I was younger, my mum would make two meals for dinner, one for the family and one for me, minus all the things I refused to eat. I'm now 35, and like millions of adults around the world, I still carry these food aversions with me to every single meal. So, with the help of my childhood friend Peach, aka the Bush Tucker Man, I'm going to conquer these common food fears one by one. This is Fussy Eater. Peach, welcome back to the Fussy Eater Studios. Every time I hear that intro, I feel like there's a question hanging in the air and you refuse to rhetorically ask it or answer it, Chag. So, j'accuse. What were these meals your mum made one of and made the other of? What's an example? My most famous one is, and I think I've actually mentioned this in a previous episode, but my mum used to make beef stroganoff for the family. Now, I didn't like cream, nor did I like mushrooms. So my family would have beef stroganoff and I would have this sort of wet beef dish. It was kind of like brown color. You like I mean, cream? What does that even mean? So I just are we gonna like, do a cream episode? Well, I think no, because I'm kind of okay with milk now. But for a long time, I wouldn't. Milk generally. Yeah, I wouldn't touch milk or creamy things because it freaks me out. But now I'm okay. But Peach, one of the things I wanted to say today is huh. that. We started this podcast a couple of months ago. What you don't realize when you listen to this is mm. it's really hard for Peach and I to get into the same uh, room. So we've been doing this over a couple of months. Mm. But what's been really interesting about this experiment of trying to get over these ridiculous food aversions that I shouldn't have mm-hmm. as a 35-year-old is how much I have changed over the past couple of months by just changing this Thing in my brain saying you should be more open to food. And I want to tell you something that happened really recently. Yeah. So me and Adele decided to take a month off eating meat. We were too scared to go wholehearted. So we still ate fish because we were like, well, fish doesn't really count. Because you know, like, no, nah, but you know how people are pescatarians and that seems to be a fine thing that you're allowed to do. So we went pescatarian for a month and it was still a very difficult thing. But, uh, One of our friends was like, you've got to come to this restaurant in uh, Potts Point called Yellow. It's this really amazing uh, vegetarian place. So we went there. I was just expecting it to be like a normal sort of restaurant. It was a really fancy restaurant, but that was awesome, right? Um, But to the point where it was so fancy that we were served by this amazing maitre d' who sort of looked after us and knew our guest, so decided to give us a couple of extra dishes, right? Are now, you going to drop drop the name of your guest who's been a previous guest on this podcast? It I has been. I, it was Lee Tran Lam. It it has been on the podcast. The thing the thing called Lee Tran. Yeah, she, she's an amazing she's an amazing person to dine with. But anyway, so because you know because she was friends with the maitre d, he wanted to bring us extra dishes. Now for everyone else in the world, that's a really exciting prospect. For me though, <laughs> no olives. It's no. super scary because you can't be like oh, I don't eat any of these things. You have to be like that's cool. So anyway. What they did was, we ordered our dishes. I was very careful about the things that I don't like and avoided them. And I was like, guys, is it cool if we don't order these things? Everyone was like, yep. So we didn't order these things. We ordered our dishes. I was happy. I wasn't scared about any of the things that were going to come out. I was really excited. And of course, the maitre d' comes out and goes, hey, we took your order, but... Because we're friends, I'm just going to bring you out some fun stuff. And I was like, oh no, what is this going to be, right? Because that's that's what it is. Everyone else in the world is like, what a fun thing. I'm like, I can't deal with this. Anyway, the first thing he brings out are three half avocados that have been... Uh, they've been to, the, All the innards have been scooped out. 
there's been some sort of a granita placed at the bottom, some sort of like finger lime granita. Then the avocado flesh has been put back in, and then it's topped by this sort of crumbly seed sort of mix, right? Yeah. So it's supposed to, and it's, it's cold, like it's cold. It's served on like a bed of like salt. It's like the most beautiful looking dish. But of course, I don't eat avocado, and I will. I like. I can be very truthful in this, except for the times that I've accidentally had some. I don't think I've ever actually chosen to eat avocado in my life. I've always been so scared of it. I've just decided at some point in my life, very early on, that I don't like it, and it's ruined like so much food for me to this day. So anyway, I get this dish. He's standing there being like, guys, here is like an awesome thing I'm Get ready. What can I do? I've got to eat it. So, even though I was planning to have my first taste of avocado on this show, I actually had it in a restaurant a little while ago, and it wasn't that bad, (laughs) which made me think, maybe I don't actually hate avocado, maybe I like it, which led to today's episode. And I'm going to tackle avocado head on with one of the things that avocado makes, and We'll get into it a bit later, but what I think is interesting about having food aversions is at first you think, oh, wow, they can't eat avocado. That's annoying. But then you think of all the applications for avocado, especially in Australia, a country that loves Mexican food, a country that loves Japanese food, a country that loves sandwiches, a country that loves a salad, and a country that loves a superfood. <laughs> there's so... A country that loves breakfast. Like, there's so much that avocado sticks its tendrils in. And... It was kind of a revelation eating this sort of... I mean, it wasn't an avocado per se, but it was still avocado-esque. And it was amazing. So I wanted to tackle one of the things that avocado makes that I don't eat that ruins a lot of food for me today in this podcast. So we can rename it Fussy Eater? Question mark. Okay, so today's food obviously is avocado. And the thing I wanted to tackle was guacamole. Because I, I know for everybody in the world, it seems like a delicious thing that everybody enjoys. Including babies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Including four-month-old babies. It's something I've never in my life eaten. Whenever I go to Mexican places, I always have to be like, um, is there guacamole on that? Can I, can I have that with no guacamole? And then when they're done taking the order, I'm like, is that? So I said, no guacamole, right? And there have been times when I've got a ba- like a burrito after saying that and it's got guacamole on it. And I'm like... I'm going to have to have another uh, burrito. I'm so sorry. Or I just like give it to somebody else. I just can't deal with it. And now I'm wondering, maybe I like guacamole. Maybe it's not a terrible thing. Peach, can you tell me, what do you think of guacamole, first of all, before we talk about the guacamole that's in front of us? Uh, It's one of the world's great recipes, I think. What do you mean by that? Please go into that. uh, Because it means so many different things to so many different people. For me, guacamole growing up was proper treat where my brother and I would each get a half avocado and we would splash a bit of Paul Newman's dressing which I'm not sure if it still exists into the little hole in the avocado and you would use a teaspoon to sort of get a portion of avocado and try to portion out your dressing so that you'd have just enough dressing to last you the entire avocado half and we like to pretend that that was guacamole Um, now all you really need to to make a bastardized guacamole is what? Salt, salt and avo, mash it up. Um, but then you get to something that is both autentico, mexicano and delicioso, <laughs> like what we're about to try, and it becomes a whole different beast. It's one of the great things. can go with almost anything from 
ice cream all the way back through to granitas served on salt. It's so, good fun. So one of my like go-to, and I think one of most Australians go-to sort of Mexican fast mm. food places is Guzman and Gomez. So I was like, every they, time I these go... These are the to, ones that do free-range chicken now? Uh, they do, yeah. They yeah, did cool. that big campaign about it. Yeah. So every time I go there, I'm always like, I'm sorry, there's no guacamole in that. <laughs> is that... And I was like, this Shag's is so, so earnest when he tells me that it's great. He makes really apologetic eye contact. Uh, but now I'm like, now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna eat some guacamole. It's like, what, what harm will come to this? Well, it, it's unlikely you'll die. That's, <laughs> that's. So, so if we just work, work back from the starting point, it's, it's deeply and profoundly unlikely that eating avocado will kill you. It's deeply and unlikely. It's deeply unlikely that it's going to make you sick. It's deeply unlikely. Really, that's going to disgust you, Gooey? It's a fairly easy thing. Is it a textural problem, I wonder? I think it's a textural problem, and but I think I don't like the taste. But like I said, I don't, I can't really remember a time where I've actually eaten it, except for that recent time when it wasn't that bad. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I think it's like, like all of these things, I think it's a psychological thing. Mm. And like I said before, we're about five months into this year, and mm. I'm amazed how much the world has changed by just telling my mind to be more open to food so it's, it's like watching an angel spread his wings right in front of us so we're gonna have to sit down and look very carefully and soberly at this tub full of guacamole and see what shag has to say i'm a little bit spooked by this what are you thinking shag what's going through your head well there's no hiding the avocado here there's no, even no. chunks of avocado it's green the, but there's also the sort of white yellow fleshy bits in there it's really nice. All right. Okay, Pitch, I'm going to do this, all right? Oh, there's little spring onions in there. Gooey, this is nice, man. Thank you. Shag, Shag, Shag always pays, I should say, for whatever food we eat. It's kind of only fair. And, and I'm often rushing in from work. And so, you know, you just got to sit down and have, have what is actually a free lunch. All right, Pitch, this is really weird. Because, mm. all right, I've had one bite. You love I have it, another don't you? one to confirm. Oh, <laughs> you love it. Maybe my taste buds are really bad. Does it really? Does avocado really taste like anything? Shots fired. Yeah, um, it carries flavor. Like it is a textural treat. You, you, you know, there is a reason why avocado on toast is successful. It has that sort of buttery, pleasing, creamy, mouth-filling sort of experience that, that you often get from butter. Shag, you're smashing those. I'm starting to make me feel a bit sick, so <laughs> I'm trying to get through them. No no shade at all to Guzman and Gomez. It's more my brain kicking in. I'm trying to outrun my brain before it realises that I'm eating avocado. Should I get you a spoon? No, I, I can't do that. Do, do people <laughs> eat avocado with a spoon? I do as a child. Do, do you listen when I talk on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so Shag and I, when we're doing this podcast, we get to see the level, and his and his and my voices are slightly different, and so you get to gasp at a really visual representation of who's talking and how much. And I often feel like I'm sitting in a lecture hall, being run by someone whose taste buds are <laughs> too immature to be I, lecturing me about anything. I'm also really worried that the level the levels in this uh, episode are a bit off. But I just want you to know, if you're like a tech nerd and this whole time you've been like, this sucks, I want you to know that I know that you know. Fussy business. Who needs All right. them? All right. Um, this is nice, man. So, What's the story? What are your thoughts? It's weird as a dip. Because generally dips have like <laughs> heaps of crazy flavor. 
And I'm a bit weirded out by this because you're right. It's just textural. Yeah, interesting. It's really nice, nicely seasoned. Like salt, salt is the best ingredient there is, and basically, this is a lesson in eating well seasoned things. What's that Hearts Yard line, Greg? What's his name, Greg Llewellyn? It's like, yeah, there's nothing so perfectly, perfectly seasoned as an oyster or a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> and you know, like when you encounter something where the salt is spot on, that's three quarters of the conversation done. This is real nice. So Pete, help me out here. So, oh. and let let me backtrack a bit. There's a cafe near my work that puts avocado on every sandwich, so I can't eat any of their sandwiches. <laughs> and sometimes they're the only cafe open because you know how like Ooh. cafes stop serving lunch at about three or four, I and don't... that's when you go to get your like lunch. What? Well, sometimes sometimes you're busy, man. Sometimes things like just don't eat lunch. <laughs> if you're too busy to eat it at one, you're too busy to eat it at three. But. All right, tell me, Peach, what is the role of avocado on a sandwich? Because like you said, it has a buttery texture, but if you've already got butter on a sandwich, I don't get it. Oh, I feel like that's a question I'm ill-equipped to answer. But it would be similar to my previous answer. There is that real pleasing mouthfeel. If you think about your classic chicken and avocado and mayonnaise type sandwich, where you get the resistance of the of the chicken, hopefully nice chicken thigh, and, 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 and you get a nice sort of mouth-filling, pleasing moisture from the avo, and you get a dense, resistant chew from the bread, uh, it should be should be tip-top. I don't know, Gooey, like, what's repulsing you about your little tub of avo over there? Well, no, I think I'm okay now. Well, I, think, I think I can do this. How's I the guess, tub looking? Show me a tub. Well, it's... I'm pretty full, though, Peach. Well, right. I, I, I think I've got to get a spoon. Oh man, okay. Do I have to get you a spoon? No, 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 no. I'll keep going. Sure, yeah, I'll keep going. yeah, you keep going. I'll keep going. <laughs> Coolest thing about some Mexican cuisine, if you take the Michelada as an example, because it varies from region to region, you can always claim that anyone else's interpretation is inauthentic. So, you know, you put like Maggi sauce and you know, juice from tinned crabs and a prawn and you know, hot sauce and beer and crazy stuff in this thing. And, you know, someone's like, oh, mine is from San Miguel de Allende. Like, mine's the real Michelada. And it's like, no, mine's the real one. You're making it wrong. And everyone can be wrong at the same time. And everyone can be a snob at the same time. That's great. All right, Peach. Yeah. Uh, two more bites. Two more bites, okay. Oh. You're going to enjoy editing this. I'm going to edit this bit out. Oh. Probably. Oh. Okay. That was a marathon. Yeah. Show me a tub. Do you consider it finished? I do, yes. Tummy full? My tummy is very full. Okay. All right. Thanks, Pitch. It's a question you ask a two-year-old, by the way. <laughs> Full tummy? <laughs> really? Okay. So... So what have we learnt today, Gooey? Well... You just ate that. You weren't repulsed. It wasn't one of the ones where you start crying halfway through. No. Wasn't that was, it? That was the most avocado I've probably eaten in my life. Like, mm. if you if you combined all the times I've eaten avocado before, except for that time when I, you know, recently that I was just talking about... If you combine all those times together, I don't think I've ever had as much avocado as I did mm. eating that tub of guacamole. i got to say, though, I'm puzzled. Yeah. So I'm going to keep chomping. I'm really glad that I've gotten through this. And 
I think it's like it's really heartening to know that if like me you are super scared of avocado and I don't know if anybody is but I assume somebody must Man, be no one is like <laughs> this is bad thing about this podcast it's like I'm scared of velvet or some just nonsense it's, it's, somebody has to be somebody has to be but anyway it's like it doesn't really taste like anything the texture's a bit hard to deal with but it's okay but hard I, to do like it is the least hard. It, it is what you feed baby <laughs> but that's why it's like it is it's sort of like creamy and what about banana but it's different to banana banana has a bit more like grit to it I think actually no it's pretty similar to banana you're right um what I don't understand is, and Peach, maybe you can help me out here. No. What is the obsession with avocado? Like, oh, I don't... I've got nothing for you. I have zero. <laughs> there are a few things. Like, there's an emoji no. for avocado. Mm. Few things I know less about than that. That that remains a stunning shock to me. How it seemed to look. We've done a bit of name dropping, so we don't need to name drop again. But you and I had a friend who's had considerable success um, in her professional life, including in her social media life. And there was a moment that I remember quite clearly where her social media persona began to enjoy avocado as a sort of element of the social media message being pushed out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this is a sort of a quirky thing. And this might just be because I consider this person influential, just generally speaking. But <laughs> And maybe it's ascribing too much responsibility, but that would have been 2010, 2011... And it feels like mm, 2011, 2012 that avocado started to wash over us. Am I making that up? Does that, does that timeline? Yeah. I'm... I remember the first time I saw smashed avocado as a thing. And that was in 2011. And it was something you got with toast at a cafe. Maybe and, it happened and, before And that. is smashed avocado just avocado that's yeah. been like yeah. essentially crushed? Yeah. I call it, you know, guacamole without, without some extra stuff. And, that's, and that, that was fine. And I remember you'd pay not all that much money for that. And then you get articles by, I think his name is Bernard Salt, talking about avocado toast versus home ownership, and and you realise that it occupies a cultural space that I'd never given it before. Um, Shag, where did the avocado come from? Don't know. Where's it going? To menus that'll be sitting before you in future. You can have it again. Yeah, I feel like, and I mean, what I what I you know inarticulately tried to say before is like. Now I'm sort of open to these things I don't like. So yeah. if like if avocado is now on the menu, I know I don't have to be scared of it. As long if- as you're going to one of Sydney's premier restaurants <laughs> and it's been prepared in an extremely intricate way. No, but it's like I feel as a like, favour to your famous mate. I feel like, like I genuinely feel like I can now go to that cafe that serves only avocado-based sandwiches and have one and feel okay with it. Which is such like it's crazy the fact that I said no to this for so long in my life purely for this weird mental block that I created in my mind so long ago. Anyway, that's what fussy eat is all about, and. I gotta say, like avocado is uh, one of the easier hills that I've had to traverse. What a stunning way to say goodbye to an aversion and hello to avocado. Welcome, Gooey. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. FBIRadio.com. 